Hello and welcome to a new whoa, season. Of... Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you doing, mate? Come on, I'm, that's I'm my job. Okay, fine. Go on. <laughs> you, you start it then. Go on. Hello and welcome to season three. Yes, we're in a new season of the Dayton Podcast. This is the first episode. Uh, how you doing, Ravi? Yeah, I'm good. New season, new decade, new year. Everything's new, new, new. What so. are you trying to do? Still, my job, right? Come on. <laughs> I thought I'd like catch everyone a bit off guard. Like everyone's starting to expect you to kick off. So I yeah. Like, give it a go, but um. No, let's let's not let's not break a trusted system. Absolutely, absolutely. It's been well. It was an awesome year. I was about to say say that as if we're still in twenty nineteen, but we're in twenty twenty now. It was an awesome yeah. year last year. It was. We we got a lot done. I think. Well, I mean, more than we did the previous year, but still, we uh, missed our target of trying to get twenty four episodes in. Yeah, um, just by a bit. Uh, just by <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we got like what nine episodes, eight episodes. Yeah, out, and yeah, like, yeah. It was like seven and a half if you count. The, the, the sort of bonus Salesforce episode we did. Um, but for but, the record, we're we're on a tear this year because this is actually our second recording, right? Uh, yeah, we are because uh, we've actually done a couple um, in advance. Um, so we've got uh, a new topic coming in uh, next week for you guys. Uh, we've actually gone forward in time, back in time, done a bit of time travel. Right. Um, so you'll hear this uh, the, the the second episode, which we actually recorded first. Exactly. Um, <laughs> which will be good fun. We were sort of having a debate about whether uh, how we're going to introduce the second episode when we first recorded it. Um, but I'm sure we'll be fine. It's just a, it was a fun episode. Sort of yeah, thing, exactly. Because we actually know what we're going to talk about. So. Exactly, exactly. And so we thought for this episode, it'd be really good to go over 2019, some of the episodes we'd done. Uh, we haven't talked about the Tableau conference at all, uh, having right. come back from it, which is which is like so long ago, November. Um, yeah, talk it feels about, long ago. Exactly. Talk about holidays, periods, what people got up to, New yeah. Year's resolutions, ooh, themes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then also, uh, you know, actually talk a bit about the podcast and figure out, um, we have some awesome news on what our listeners listen to, according to Spotify. So stay tuned yeah. on that um, uh, for, if you're if you're in if you're in for the stats. But but let me let me start, Tim. So um, how was your year, both personally, professionally, like as a, as a sort of reflection on on what happened last year? Yeah, I think it was really good. Um, I, it's funny because last year felt like uh, I, I, kind of the theme I would say that ended up being prevalent was I was preparing the way, as it were. Um, preparing the way for so many things. So preparing the way to get back into content. Um, towards the end of the year, I completely redid my blog. I literally rebuilt the backend system using uh, a, like a web platform called Gatsby, which is React Engine. So I had to learn a bit of React development. You actually wrote a blog, Tim. Yeah, I actually wrote a blog. I actually wrote several. <laughs> <laughs> unheard of yeah absolutely it was actually oh man now's not the time to get into this but the tldr is this i just stopped blogging i absolutely got really really tired of blogging it was just frustrating me so much and it turned out that i was focusing too much on the mechanism of blogging and not the actual you know blogging you know writing the content, the content. and so i thought if i can shorten the time between writing and publishing to the point where literally what i write is just as is what is actually in the blog then that would be sort of the dream system. And that's mm -hmm. what I did. So I now write in something called Markdown, which is yeah. uh, just a very simple way of writing notes and documents in a much, much faster way. You can basically type something without ever having to reach for your mouse. So you just basically bash the keyboard and off you go. Um, I moved to a system where the Markdown can be written anywhere, my phone, my iPad, my laptop. And then I changed, I went, downloaded all the old content. I went and redid all that content. I had to go through wow. and re 
put that content manually into the new system because there's no clean way of doing it. I did a bulk export, but that still had issues. Repoint all the images. So it also forced me to look back at all my old content, which is mm -hmm. an interesting reflective moment. And then I finally pushed the blog out like three days before I wrote the blog post on animations versus transitions, uh, which, was, <laughs> which, which was actually the first article back. But um, I didn't really announce the website being coming back. It was just like a, you know, one day it was there, one day it wasn't. And then next day it was the new website. So yeah. Excellent. Uh, any sort of highlights personally, professionally, anything you want to call out and sort of review as, as, a, as a 2019 thing? Yeah, so I think, again, the, the highlight being sort of preparing the way. So I, I moved a lot of systems, I moved a lot of sort of processes, at least personal ones, into a position that means that, you know, if, if I want to play a more active role in, in terms of content, blogging, podcasting, I could do that in a, you know, literally without having to worry too much about the process. So I even built a new PC over the Christmas holiday. Mm. So I can literally have a computer that's just for video editing, just for podcast editing and gaming on the side. But yeah, I can have all that ready to go without having to sort of do it on sort of my slightly cumbersome laptop and stuff like that. So <laughs> very much uh, that professionally, I think um, I worked with a whole range of clients last year. It was really interesting sort of transition. Ended up finishing the year working for a charity, which is always interesting. You don't often expect to work in charities uh, when you're doing consulting, but that's been a really sort of um, rewarding experience as well. And then going mm -hmm. into the new year, I'm hoping to really take on some big new challenges, which uh, are probably best left unsaid until they actually, you know, come through. But yeah, if they if they pan out, then uh, this time next year it'll be a very different episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely, very different indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how about you? Yeah, no, my my year was um, it was good. I think uh, so. I I continue my transition away from consulting right. uh, into this custom success role. Um, I th I'm trying to find a way to nicely re because I sort of changed my job on LinkedIn. I want to re change it again where it's the same job, but I just want to change the title to be value engineering. Oh, wow. Because uh, yeah. it sounds a lot more technical because customer success can seem a bit uh, flaky, but it's, it's one of these fun jobs where it's like, well, what it actually do you do? Um, so my year was basically spending time on that, which effectively is helping customers, speaking to people, evangelizing about the software we use, Tableau, Ultrix, AWS, um, and trying to figure out how do we help customers and sort of the wider community of, of data people, right? Like how do we help people be better and sort of grow this field together, which has been a really exciting move. Um, I think, uh, Tim, when we spoke about this, uh, randomly at some point, I talked about the fact that sort of moving away from consulting, which is very much solving problems with a definitive answer or goal in mind, whereas in this case, it's solving people. Uh, right. Which sounds like an authoritarian a dictatorship <laughs> thing to say where you're, you're solving people. But... Sounds like a philosopher, yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. But you're trying to figure out how do I... Uh, work with people and change hearts and minds and uh, everyone's differences. It's been a really nice, very challenging that in that sense as well. Um, alongside that, personally, my, I, I had a lot of bit. I went I, the big milestone of joining the property ladder this year. Yes. Um, so um, yeah, no, that that's been a fun challenge for the last uh, four to four to five months. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it's I'm finally settling into to the new place and um, it's quite cool to have your own space. Really awesome. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's all been my, I think in terms of my theme for the year, I guess it's been like um, trying to, to break new ground, I think is, is the best way to put it, where it's, you're not, you have an idea of what it is, but when it actually pans out in reality, um, things, things do turn out to be slightly different, which is, which has been like around the role. And when you, when you, when you have the idea of what you're going to do and all the things you're going to achieve, then starting to do them, you start picking up all the different, different challenges that come alongside that. But um, no, uh, the 2020 vision is, more of the same and, and a few exciting challenges ahead as well. 
Nice, nice. Yeah, that, that twenty. the term 2020 vision is literally everywhere. Everywhere. Jeez. Everyone loves it. <laughs> I had oh to drop it. Oh, my word. The pun potential for that. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, no, yeah. It's, a, it's a very fulfilling year then. It sounds like you you kind of had the year I think I'm about to have, but right. last year. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, right. Where it's all, you're, you're sort of doing the similar things. You're trying to find out where this this new new direction takes you. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it doesn't sound like you're a year ahead. So um, yeah. How about how about Tableau Conference? How did you find that? I mean, I I I was lucky enough to spend a week before traveling a bit as well. So mm-hmm. um, hit the Grand Canyon again, Bryce, Zion, uh, a couple other places. So that was really good fun. Good. Uh, I recommend going. Everyone should go to the Grand Canyon, uh, Bryce and Zion uh, National Parks at some point in their lives because uh, it's just breathtaking. Because it's, wow. it's sort of like at that point with nature, it's this stuff is there before, after, and during our time, so it's, it's worth checking out. Wow, uh, but the conference itself is in Vegas, um, your favorite place in America, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can hear the enthusiasm in my voice. It's <laughs> it's it's uh, it's, a, it's a difficult place, Vegas, because I think once you've been there once, it loses all its glam very, very quickly. Like every time you go back, Almost immediately you, you see you start to see through the charades, right? And and you're like, ah. Um, but but. Uh, I think it was actually a really good conference. Um, I really enjoyed each year. Sort of conference takes a slight twist. Um, I think the one, the twist most people are talking about this year was uh, the CEO of Salesforce doing dolphin impressions on the <laughs> that on was the, amazing on, on the stage. I'm actually going to insert the audio clip Mark right Delphine now. Number oh. is oh, <laughs> what's that? A one, there's one dolphin. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, uh, uh, Mark, you know, we, we obviously, like, <laughs> it's so good. Like, uh, I, I couldn't even begin to think how to do that. <laughs> Exactly. And he just did it off the cuff. Amazing. CEO of a multi-billion dollar company gets on stage with his, technically one of his new employees asks him how is Salesforce doing? Like when, when he's actually that person's boss and then has the sort of relaxed nature to do dolphin impressions on stage. Um, Very weird. But uh, so many great connections again, once again. Um, I just spend all my time talking to developers, literally all my time talking to developers. so that was that was really rewarding and it's been great seeing some of those features actually come out um i think what was really revealing we'll talk a bit about this later on is that the the pace of development at tableau is really picking up and um i think one of the standout themes for me and i i tried to edge some developers to see if i could get any early answers but with the salesforce acquisition is that going to change the focus of what they build is integration with salesforce going to take priority over new features or Mm -hmm. is tableau going to continue on its roadmap for you know scaling out to, to, to sort of meet the enterprise needs i think those two are going to come at, you know into friction because salesforce traditionally right now with tableau the interoperability is awful um yeah you nearly always need something in between them to, to get them to work so that will be an interesting take we, we take talked away. a bit about this i think last year i yeah. think we, we 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 said that you know the devs have got a new sugar daddy effectively right exactly like, <laughs> they're, they're, they're now they're the fund the projects that might not have been funded after a bad quarter of sales now are just funded forever or yeah. near enough whatever like you almost have that feeling this is by the way no intel this is just us speculating yeah exactly about yeah. how developers work mm-hmm. um but it's i agree i think the, the the direction that tableau takes will be really interesting but i think my favorite moment of well one of the many favorite moments this year in vegas uh, was actually you found the guy you've been looking for for years the ux designer right yeah 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 so he's actually new for starters he'd only been at tableau for a week but it's like mm-hmm. the role that tableau never had that really should have had this whole time mm-hmm. um so he's a ux developer just joined tableau and it was really really good to talk about we literally sat down and he said tell me all about your ux problem and i was like okay you really <laughs> you really don't know what you've just asked me to do right now so go on then let's uh, let's have a seat and let's sit down 
about 17 bullet points later <laughs> and like I, mean, I, I turned up in bullet point six and that was like 20 minutes in <laughs> yeah exactly and like four a four pages later just so many small things that we all know tableau could do better and my, my point of reference is always because i spend a lot of time in design tools so i still use adobe tools heavily and it's interesting because adobe know their audience they know what they're trying to do they know how they're trying to do it they know they want to do it quickly and they don't add features unless it helps them do that job faster and better and in a more performant way and so Tableau at the moment is on a feature sprint, but it doesn't have that sort of UX focus where how you do those things matters just as much as having them there. And so it was really great to talk to this um, uh, sort of new addition to Tableau and talk about the detail, uh, actually listen to the way they thought about it. And it's great because they're also new to the product, right? So they're coming at it with a fresh perspective. I always think sometimes you talk to developers who've been at Tableau for a while, they start to think like the product because they kind of, uh, they've kind of been there a while. So they you know, they've heard debates that have been had before. And so that stops them sort of rehearing that debate again and so on and so forth. So I mean, we, we, we also do that, right? Me and you both. Yeah, yeah, like, true. It's, it's true. very easy to get, because we've used it for so long, we, we get sort of stuck in this way. And we, when we pick up other tools, it's very easy to be like, oh, this isn't just good because it can't do this, this, and this, and this. When really that's the wrong approach to take. We should be a lot more open-minded and trying to think of ways that the product can be better and also take the best parts of every other good product out there. Exactly. Um, so, so that's that was fun. No, that, that sounds. I mean, TC was fantastic. Um, I think again, like I, I echo what you say. It's it's very good to speak to um, people who are doing interesting things. And um, for me, uh, I met the there's a thing called the Tableau Blueprint that I've heavily worked on last year. Right. Um, giving feedback throughout the year before it's released in, in June, which is the strategy document that Tableau have created to help deploy um, Tableau. And I think yeah, well, I've also used it for um, other products and the concepts that are in there and. All of these things, the guy that actually wrote it, I got to meet him and spend some time speaking to him and sort of getting an inside track into that. Um, and then also speaking to the certifications team, I really enjoyed as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's fun, right? It's, it's fun because you get to speak to these people. And uh, I think we're both at a point where we sort of catch up on sessions afterwards uh, on the YouTube. Exactly. Rather than attending them. Exactly. And uh, we also did the hackathon with Andre, myself and Lane. So that was good. We came you did, yeah. an honorable second which is good fun. Uh, I think we got labeled the cowboys for doing, trying to do the most in the shortest amount of time. <laughs> I think that's like a, <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but uh, no, it was really good fun actually. The, the amount of energy for uh, sort of development-based you know, capabilities in Tableau is really, really growing and that event really showed that off. And just lastly on the point about Blueprint, I don't think there was anything at conference that didn't mention Blueprint. I think every mm. everything, like from Adam Slipsky basically spent half an hour like spelling out what the blueprint was and how it works like first before anything else at conference so i think that's that's really a testament to sort of some of the the work you've put in to kind of help beef that up mm. and you know get some of our customers involved with that but also um it really shows how important tableau really value that particular initiative because i think what they're realizing the is it's, yeah it's the bedrock it, it, without without a strategy and clear defined vision buying software is just <laughs> you're just buying software right? exactly like, if you don't know how to use it there's no point around it yeah so yeah, I think that was a really, really interesting year. I think the year ended, uh, we finally, we had a general election here in the UK that probably, Fantastic. well, depending on where you sit, yeah, for, yeah, at least for you and me, it didn't go the way we wanted, but hey-ho, um, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, we two will, weeks till Brexit. Oh, oh yeah, two weeks. We've been trying to leave Brexit now, well, we're trying to leave the EU for now, three, three and a bit years now, so it's just never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until 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 the end of this month. But anyway, Literally. anyway, well, let's let's not let's, let's not divulge into politics too much. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, um, maybe it's a good opportunity just to review the episodes uh, from last sure. year, right? Right. What did we actually? What did talk we actually about talk year? about? So, I've got a list of the shows. Uh, we started off the year 
um, which is a season two trailer. Okay, fine. Talked about Hyper. That was a really big thing um, at the time because Hyper had just come out um, in, I think it had just come out the Christmas before. And we basically went into a year, a year of Hyper and we, we sort of worked with it. We played with it a lot more. Yeah. It, it sort of had developed into this big thing. I have to say um, it hasn't really developed into anything we can see other than just being not yet, a no. data. I mean, there's an API now. Well, yeah, I, yeah, there's an API, but in many ways, you could still call that the Tableau Data Extract API. It's True. Like, in, in, all, in all essence, you could have taken TDE, replaced it with Hyper, and no one would really have noticed the difference. I'm still going back to that PowerPoint they showed us of all the things it's going to enable, and we haven't mm -hmm. seen too many of those just yet. So I think that's going to be an interesting one. I think maybe Prep is using some of that Hyper capability to work uh, the way it is. But, you know, always, always wondering with Tableau, when is Tableau going to look at a database proper? You know, Hyper mm -hmm. is a database or designed to be a database. So the kind of elephant in the room is when will they actually make it a database? Well, it also, I mean, this is something that Salesforce could easily almost even spin out if they wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Uh, its own or, or just, exactly. Or implement it into different parts of, of, of the um, customer 360. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see. I think, uh, as you mentioned, the, 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 the elements of, of hyper we talked about the three sort of layers and i've only seen like one and maybe half part of the second one being used um but it'd be really interesting to see where that goes this year um but that was i think that was a that was a heavy dry start to the year last year oh yeah um <laughs> we went into hyper then we talked about vis literacy which is actually mm -hmm. you know a general sort of discussion actually has come out about data literacy more broadly but um sure visualization literacy was a really sort of big topic about you know we, what visualizations do people use do people actually understand what they are right and bearing that in mind how does that sort of influence the choices you make when you build visualization and i think i think i'm seeing Decent. evidence of this being becoming more sort of apparent i think people are going for simpler and simpler chart types i don't think they're deliberately doing it i just think the community is gravitating towards a norm if that makes sense I think everyone has every everyone sort of knows the lines, right? Right. To that point. Everyone knows the lines of best practice. Everyone knows the lines of um, why charts are good, some charts are bad, and whether you're just doing things for eye candy. I think that's the big thing that's come out mm -hmm. uh, very recently. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think biz literacy is talked about as much anymore. Um, it's almost just um, sort of dissolved into the the wider rhetoric where it's just assumed everyone knows that this is a thing, yeah. rather than calling out as an individual different um, thing where. Uh, a topic where it's focused on mm -hmm. um so uh, yeah I'm, I'm not sure it's sort of an interesting one to, to to ponder i don't even think it will come back this year because I, I almost think last year was it was an interesting year where people figured out that you don't actually when you when you invest in something the issue isn't that it's invested like i mean i'm seeing this in the football analytics world <laughs> every, every everyone's doing data and you do all this intricate, really deep, deep digging into the tracking data, all these things. And at the end of it, you sort of look at your top 10 list and you see Messi at the top. It's like, just watch the video, like watch matches. <laughs> Everyone knows Messi is the best player in the world. It's yeah. almost getting to that stage where either your, your in-depth data is just giving you obvious answers that you can get from tacit from knowledge that you already have, or it's getting to a point where people are realizing that in order to make these things work, you need to educate everyone into being just literate and data and viz and everything at the same time you have to really just force this change upon people otherwise you know it, it gets to a point where you know i think the, the the number is like 20 or 30 percent of people just don't like work or don't work with data or don't like working with data right in order for this revolution to happen it's just it's everyone has to 
Like it's, it, it, we're at a point where it's like, guys, big data's dead. It's it's everyone's got it. We we get it, but the reason it's not moving anymore is because people it, it's not embraced on mass. Exactly. Yeah, and that is that is the um, it's an interesting one because I think it, you know these things tend to cycle. They tend to go yeah. up and down. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. not trendy now, but it will become trendy again um, at some point once you know someone in the community decides to focus in on it. Like just like AI was and big data was, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be one of those sort of passing trends. Um, yeah, natural language processing. This was more of a bit, right? So this is our one of after hyper. This is the second bit. I think it was a really interesting topic: machine learning and sort of AI and predictive analytics. Those were sort of a, an ongoing conversation point. They always have been. Uh, but NLP is, is one of those areas where clients always ask for some sort of text processing or language processing. Sure. And as soon as you start the conversation, it immediately turns them off. So it's still one of those uh, sort of areas I feel is almost exclusive to uh, really advanced data scientists who are really comfortable with what's required in terms of um, understanding how to do that, you know, technically capable um individuals who actually understand how to do natural language processing and the philosophy behind it and principles and stuff like that, but also then comfortable turning that into real business value, right? How do you take a bunch of like random, uh, just stuff from lots of different places and mine it, the the really true to form data mining, right? Where you are basically just taking data in the language form and just finding insights from it. Yeah. I I think there's also industries which will benefit from it more than others. Yeah, exactly. Um, Industries and specific tasks that you need to do that would need natural language processing i think it's one of these things i do you know what i I actually think this is this is maybe a bit rogue but the next five years is where connected home will really come into its own with smart speakers right right because smart speakers are having that the wearables revolution right now and that's actually where natural language processing will probably have the most impact yeah in in connected home and automation Mm -hmm. uh, and, and sort of the the, the Jarvis in your room sort of thing, right? Yeah, I think um, it's having that necessary first step, which is just sort of proliferation. <laughs> proliferation, yeah. Like literally for Christmas, you could have got like a Google Home Mini, brand new, second gen. For like a tenner. It's just unbelievable. So um, uh, it's, it's really sort of fascinating how that's happening. But I think the next step is the so what and what can we connect into it? What can we... What else can you do? At the moment, mine are just glorified speakers um, that are connected together and I can switch the lights on and off and I can do a few things. I can ask it silly questions, but it's, you know, can I can I shout something into it and then have it control something on my MacBook? Not yet, because mm-hmm. everything's not integrated enough. The Google, Apple, Amazon, you know, Windows systems are all not integrated with each other. And I think the <laughs> platforms are starting to realize this. So they're starting to collaborate and give each other access to each other's systems because they've both real everyone's realized that they don't make progress if they keep their own systems close to themselves. Man, like Connected Home is, a, is an episode onto itself and I think that's something we're going to do this year. But right, um, right, right. To, just just to close off just to close off natural language processing, I'm going to uh my favorite uh current so in my Google Home mini that my favorite one is to tell uh to tell Google um uh, I've got a, I've got a script in IFTTT, which is if this then that, which basically if I call my Google Assistant and say a certain phrase, um, it will then add something to my to do list shopping list, nice, and then give a custom response. Uh, so it's like three different phrases I can use to say add whatever or I need to buy this or something like that, and then we just respond saying it's now on your shopping list. Well, oh, uh, very nice fun that I've created to do. So nice. Um, it's more stuff like that. I think that natural language will will, will shape um, then so much data in, data in general. Yep. Absolutely. Um, then we had a couple of soft topics uh, back to back. So we had champions firstly, 
mm-hmm. and then that's when we also changed the name of the podcast, if you remember. Um, it is, yeah. <laughs> when we, we dropped the what, 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 what? To, like, uh, <laughs> to Dayton, which is a, a welcome change. But Champions was a good, great topic. I think this coincided a lot with the work I was doing at the time. So I think we just made a decision to let, let's talk about that. Exactly. Um, and, and sort of finding those champions and what that actually means um, to a business. And then the one after that, I think, was maybe my favorite one of the year. I really enjoyed talking about behavioral design. Right, right. Um, <laughs> mainly because, of course, uh, behavioral science, behavioral economics, and behavioral psychology are three topics I'm really, really interested in. And, of course, design, given the job that we both do, uh, feeds into that quite nicely. So I've really enjoyed that episode. And I think it's definitely one we can... Um, recap especially in the um, analog sections we'll do this year absolutely absolutely um after that came the data side hustle so what you and mm-hmm. i get up to outside of work um but the focus there was just you know going over how that reinforces the work we do so mm-hmm. essentially you know you and sports analytics uh, mm-hmm. myself and quantified self that <laughs> sounds like a, a the title of a book myself and quantified self myself <laughs> i'll copyright that fast oh, copyright man. that fast actually not that bad but anyway that's a great great name for a book <laughs> Wow. We should cut this out so no one ever copies it. Oh, we like, should. bleep it. <laughs> yeah, until everyone just messages it back on Twitter and says that's an awful name. Um, yeah, right, exactly. But no, um, that's actually a really good name for a book. It's like it's your version of um, the, the Feltron Report. So to the, those of you listeners who haven't heard of the Feltron Report, uh, Google it. It's a guy called Nicholas Feltron who... Uh, just does this amazing, gorgeous, quantified self. Yeah. Uh, reviews of his year. Uh, I've stolen his color palettes um, shamelessly um, <laughs> for some for some visualizations I've done because they're just it's just stunning. Yeah, uh, yeah. Work he's done. So, uh, and then the final two of the year we had going back going back on topic, uh, away from uh, Tim's book publishing habits or desires, um, <laughs> was a hot take on Salesforce acquisition. That was a quick twenty minute one that we did, and then finishing off the year with AWS, which is something that Tim and I uh, are learning. Uh, Tim's further along on his journey than I am, um, but sort of getting some more stuck into the, the cloud world. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I've actually well. got my solution architect exam. You did? Soon. Congratulations. No, no, no. That. that was the cloud practitioner. This is the this is the actual ah. exam that actually matters a little bit more. The way <laughs> these companies have these exams is they have an exam just to kind of whet, whet your appetite, make you feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. And they have another slightly harder exam, which is like, okay, we're getting serious now. You, you need to really spend some time in the product. Then they have the actual exam, which is like the exam. <laughs> and right. this this exam I'm about to do is like the one before that. <laughs> <laughs> like I was okay. in so many exams. There's like I kind of got excited the cloud practitioner, but then I realized actually I think everyone who does analytics could probably pass this with you know a few yeah. few hours of focus revision a day maybe that's it you you should be good. Okay, cloud gurus. Yeah, hey cloud gurus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of an in joke if you're doing the course. Uh, I won't go into it here. It's not the yeah. appropriate place. But um, if if you're uh, oh man, if you're looking to get into AWS, just look at their certification tree. It's very rigid and it's very structured. But I think it's one of the things that's most rewarding. Actually, if you manage to get through it, then it really does enable you to do some really awesome things, which don't just apply to analytics. Actually, it applies mm-hmm. to technology generally. You can go into whole new sectors and careers with that skill because it's a very very a uh, hard to find skill, highly sought after, and often focuses around sort of building products. So yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's also free. There's a, a lot of the training content and certification content is free. Like there are tiers. Um, obviously the ones that Tim was mentioning here are the paid for ones, which you can just pay for yourself, but the actual learning materials online are, are in depth and uh, free of charge to play with. So uh, if you're interested, do um, have a look at the 
AWS certifications. Absolutely. So it's a pretty interesting year of Very dear. Um, it's funny because one thing I did midway through the year is I actually added all our podcasts to Spotify. So, um, <laughs> and I know that you have been listening to Spotify because one thing Spotify does is it gives us metrics for the year. Yeah. So considering I added the podcast in April, according to Spotify, we've had about 52 listeners. Now, the thing here is, is that our podcast has always been on Apple Podcasts first and then various other podcast uh, clients uh, since then. So this is only sort of a small part of the picture. And Spotify technically only really represents about 5% of the listenership um, mm -hmm. globally of podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts itself actually represents 70 to 60% on average across all podcasts. So Apple wow. users tend to listen to podcasts a lot more, partly because the device has a good podcast player, but also because the Android scene on podcast players hasn't actually been that good. And so these numbers, 52, is actually sort of under-represents our listenership. I think the actual number of listeners we have is around about just under 100, so 90 mm -hmm. or so. Um, and the amount of sort of time listened and so on is, is you know, I, I can't really estimate that because analytics don't let us do that at the moment. But it's very interesting because another thing that... Um, Spotify do is tell us about our audience. <laughs> <laughs> this is really fun. <laughs> this is fun or creepy, depending on how you look at it. So uh, let's let's dig into it. So, I mean, by the end of the year, we had about 30 followers, which is good fun. Um, our gender split isn't ideal. We attract 31% uh, of our listeners, according to Spotify, are female, 68 male. Um, I think that's partly because we are both male hosts. So Maybe, yeah, yeah. Um, I think part of what we're hoping to do this year, bringing guests on, will help address this a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um in terms of age we're right smack bang on in our age range so 28 exactly, to 34 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Was it 28 to 30 28 to 34 weird yeah, age see, range yeah no, i'm not there yet yeah <laughs> um but it's reassuring to see that actually for, for younger ranges the gender age split is actually a little bit better so um there's actually is, one or two in the zero to 17 range right yeah exactly yeah we have we have a few <laughs> listeners in the zero to 17 very aspiring uh listeners i'd say um 18 to 22 uh, is, 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 is nice to see as well. Um, but broadly speaking, 23 to uh, to basically 59 is the age range uh, that has that. And then here comes probably the most funniest statistic <laughs> of, of them all, which is what do our listeners listen to on Spotify? Like which artists do they listen to? <laughs> this is where I'm not so thankful about the, uh, the 18 to 22s, but here we go anyway. Lil Baby <laughs> is our most listened to artist. I don't, I've never even heard who Lil Baby is, but I'm gonna just play a song. All I know about Lil Baby is he was in the news before Christmas or around Christmas. That's all I know. Oh, interesting. Um, interesting. But also, looking at the, the sort of geographies, uh, we've only got four streamers on Spotify from the UK, right? Yeah, which is um, like, what the hell? Come on. That's basically you and me. <laughs> if we listen on Spotify, I think this is the thing, right? I think Spotify as a podcast platform hasn't really taken off in the UK Not as yet. much. Not yet. Perhaps. Not yet. Not yet. Right. Exactly. So it's, it's quite interesting to see. Um, and then also there's a lot more in, of our listeners who are listening to our podcast on um on Spotify in the US. Right. But I think that's also a virtue of the fact that there are a lot of people that live in the US. Exactly, exactly. So. And so that's I mean that's always going to happen. Um these numbers kind of have a long tail, you know. I'll, we have yeah. one listener in pretty much every country in the world, Singapore, Malaysia, Netherlands, Brazil, Poland, you know. Mm -hmm. The list goes on and on. But um 
what's always a caveat to these numbers is that you know this is just a fraction of our listenership uh, apple podcast doesn't do as good a job as we found out um reporting analytics according to apple um podcast uh, it claims that two people listen to our AWS episode, which can't be true because I just I just know more people than that personally that I know have listened to our episode, including my girlfriend and me. Um, <laughs> uh, That's so, the two. Those are the two. Um, but and she doesn't even have an iPhone, so it couldn't have been Apple Podcasts. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then the other thing is that um, I think what's 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 going to be really interesting is actually the amount of time listened is is really what we really care about so people who are listening to the show bits of the show you know and so on and so forth that really really sort of resonates with us and actually i think the numbers hold out pretty good i think on average people spend 20 minutes listening to an episode yeah. which is good you start you stop maybe you've heard what you need to and you move on because of mm -hmm. our format you maybe just listen to the chunk you need uh we put you chapters chapters i'm not actually sure people use those but if if you use chapters you find it useful please let me know because it takes so long to add them in that if literally one person replies and i'm really sorry for that person i might just stop doing it but hey, hey, <laughs> um we will we'll get there um and then uh, obviously we also started the season format before we just used to do episodes but the season format also gave us an opportunity to kind of have a break which i think was was needed never never planned breaks but we have the breaks anyway yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> so season three i think we have a very different uh, sort of approach so maybe let's talk a bit about that Sure, but before before we get into season three, I just want to say um, I really want to know where people were listening to. If you're listening to our podcast, I really want to um, let us know. Uh, tweet us like selfies, hashtags, whatever. Right, like uh, our, our Twitter handle is at um, DatumPod. Uh, we also have an email address um, which is uh, DatumPod um, at gmail.com. So uh, email us, tweet us, whatever whatever your chosen form of communication is. Uh, tag myself or Tim. I'm at Scribbler underscore forty two. Tim's at Tableau Tim. But we just want to know where you're listening to, what you're listening to, um, how you're listening to it, just to get a better idea. So we have a, a rough, rough feel of uh, our listenership, uh, which is always cool to see. Uh, we, we mentioned passing the pod. So if you like the pod, pass it on. But, um, <laughs> is, that is that from Peter that Crouch? That is from the oh, Peter Crouch Jesus podcast. Christ. What are you doing to me? <laughs> which is another fantastic podcast. Oh, anyway, God. so what season we, three. Yeah, absolutely. What are we doing in season three? So uh, we're going to continue with Bits and Bytes. I think Bits and Bytes were great last year. That really helped frame and we mm -hmm. had the sort of the more technical and then the more um, discussion-based um, podcasts. Right. Uh, we're going to kick off the year this year with uh, Data Ethics, mm -hmm. uh, which is a bite. Um, that is with uh, Gwilym Lockwood, uh, one of our colleagues who has been really interested in data ethics for a while. Uh, this is the podcast we recorded earlier on today. Um, we've also got a couple more things. So we've got about nine episodes planned out with topic headers. Uh, and we also mentioned analog last year. Right. So analog was this concept where we're going to get people. We're going to actually have more people on. So Gwilym sort of falls into the um, half analog, but more of a bite side of things. Um, but in the analog podcast, we want to we want to speak to people who are actually building stuff in the exactly. Tech, exactly. Tech people who build the products we use, they build the features we like, people who are coming up with creative solutions to problems. So not just, you know, developers, but also um, people who hack, you know, people who really take something and add uh, develop or add some extensibility capabilities to the product. And I think that's going to be a really interesting theme. So we have bits, bytes and analog, uh, which are coincidentally three data types, but hey, he, um... hey. <laughs> really bad. No, analog is going to be fun, I think, because it's, it's almost we get to speak about the, the journey of becoming a dev because I've never seen a dev actually do work. 
Right. So um, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. It sounded journey. like you don't think they work, but I think you meant you've never, you don't understand, like you've never seen the process of being. Yeah, exactly. Right? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Everything I've heard from devs is just me shouting at them. Being really yeah. Good. Right. If they're talking um, to you, when are they working? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but um, it's just that entire process, right? Like you right. Know, they're using documentation, using things like GitHub, using different processes. Um, what is the impact of the uh, group think discussions they have? How do they do UX? Oh, just so much to speak to these guys about. Um, and we're not just going to be speaking to people who are developing and um, sort of innovating in the in the data and tech sphere. We're also going to be talking to people who are innovating and doing cool stuff in other spheres. So, so for example, uh, productivity is one that's quite exciting to both of us, uh, or interesting to us rather than exciting. Um, and, and sort of all of these different other peripheral topics that we're interested in, finding the experts and finding just a little bit more about those things and how they as human beings tick as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We should, um, I think we're going to hit some really sort of really interesting sort of content and it's going to take us a little bit off track as well because uh, it gives us an opportunity to talk about people, which I think yeah. is, is going to be a really important focus as we go into the new year. Um, I think we often as a community spend too much time uh, talking about the product and actually we don't take enough time to focus on people and the side effect of that is you don't really sometimes understand the diversity the community has to offer and so yes. by focusing on people we hope to have some sort of way or mechanism of uh, being able to uh, sort of highlight that yeah yeah absolutely um, so that's the plan for the year uh, it's gonna be quite exciting we're gonna do our best to keep on top of the podcast this year I think um, what was it? We got uh, eight or seven and a half out last year. So let's, that's a, that's the target to beat this year. Well, we're, we're already, uh, well, two, three episodes in basically. So <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So we're starting it's, it's, off strong. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, I think, I think that was it. It's just a very brief episode, but just wanted to give you an update, let you know what's coming up, introduce you to the new season, brief. season three. Um, I, I also just while we're here, while we're here, I think, how long have we been doing this podcast? Um, let me see. This the first one three. is Jan 2018. So it's actually our third anniversary almost. Right? We're going into our third year and it's awesome. I think it was, it was really kind of, it's been a really fun time podcasting with you, Ravi. And, uh, oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> and, I, I, and you. I, I think our actual first podcast wasn't in January. It was before that, but I forgot to press record as you recall. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it was, it was sometime in like November, 2017, 20, 2017. Christ, and then we, yeah. we did it in, um, in your old place in yeah, Colchester. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I forgot to press record. Awkward. Oh, amazing. Um, right. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's good. It's good. Um, no, I've I enjoyed. I think um, where we we spoke about wanting to do. Oh well, I, I spoke. I mentioned that I wanted to do a podcast, and it sort of what it went from there. We we just yeah, it's it's been great to discover these topics and and, and almost curate our conversations. I think that was the main main thing. We're spending many train journeys back back to East Anglia, <laughs> just talking. It's like we should just do a podcast. So we can actually refer to these and exactly uh, speak about these in a more fluid exactly. Way. And so yeah, I look forward to the year, and uh, I'll catch you in the next one. Nice one. Take care, everyone.